Welcome to the Martial Mind Power Podcast, where you discover how to cultivate self-mastery towards your self-realization, inspired by martial arts and philosophy. Leading from the Heart by Rebecca Lowry, Self-Alchemy Specialist. Our next Martial Mind Power talk is by an amazing lady who's been working in the field of self-mastery for over 26 years. She is known around the world not only for her warmth and passion, but for her incredible ability to facilitate your alignment with your full true self, to clear limiting beliefs, and to empower you to lead your best life. After 12 years as a Tantra teacher and facilitator, she now works with people who are ready to level up across all areas of life and business. Want to know the secret? How tantric techniques can help you be a heart-led leader inspired by martial arts? This amazing lady is going to tell us why heart-led leadership is absolutely cutting edge and how you can cultivate this practice in your life and business. Enjoy listening to Rebecca's Martial Mind Power Talk. Do you remember the beginning of your self-mastery journey? Might be today. I was reflecting on this when Lack asked me to come and speak here, and I was surprised to remember that it was actually 30 years ago I had an experience with a Tai Chi teacher. You may notice I'm American, and I just landed in London about 30, it was actually 31 years ago, and I met a man who invited me to come to his classes, and at the time I couldn't afford them. And he said, well, that's okay. He said, bring me a bag of apples and oranges, and that will be your payment. I didn't know what he was on about. I was very suspicious. I questioned him about it, and he said, just go to the market, get a small bag of apples and oranges, and bring those with you on the day. I was intrigued because I wanted to learn Tai Chi, and I also was intrigued by this man that was telling me I could pay him for his valuable time and training with fruit. <laughs> so I did what he said. I bought a bag of apples and oranges. And when I arrived at the class, he welcomed me and he said, put your bag here and come and join us over here. So I went over very shy with my bag. And as I went to put it down, I realized there were four or five other bags of fruit. And then I looked back at the class. And there was about 16 people. And I realized that meant that a quarter of his class had paid him in fruit. And I was mesmerized already because I thought, here's this man, he's had to pay for this haul, it's cost him time and experience and training, and he's willing to work a quarter of his time for fruit. Over the next few months, I learned so much from this man that I only realized in thinking about today has led me where I am. I learned how to be present in my body. I learned how to use intention, breath and sound and movement to change my physiology or to change my mind or to use the two together. I also learned about heart-led leadership. This man was leading from his heart. And I didn't really think about that until I was coming to do this talk. So I'm very grateful to Lack for that memory to pop up, to realize that's how I got to this point. A couple of years ago, I noticed that leaders in the world, particularly business leaders, were talking about things like self-awareness and empathy and compassion in terms of business. The CEO of LinkedIn, uh, Jeff Weiner, 
was talking about compassionate leadership on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. And he said it's changed him as a leader and the culture at LinkedIn for the better. Do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is? He's a prolific entrepreneur. He's written loads of books. He's all over the internet. I follow him a lot. And he says that the three pillars of success are self-awareness, empathy, and hustle. Now, I know because I follow him that by hustle, he means heart-led action. Self-awareness or self-mastery, as we're talking about today, is when you know and own your strengths. You're willing to show up, to be vulnerable, to be seen, to be accountable, to be responsible. You also know and own your weaknesses, and you love yourself anyway. And empathy is when you can step into someone else's shoes and see the world through their eyes for a moment. And all of these qualities require you to be connected to your heart. So what I'd like to do, if you're up for it, is to give you a little taster experience of how it feels to be connected to your heart. Are you up for giving that a try? A few nods? Okay, it's an experiment. We'll see how it goes. So all you have to do, and we're going to do this in silence, is look around the room at each other. Ah, scary, I know. So just look around the room and notice what you notice and notice how it feels to do this. And then you can close your eyes. I know it's far more comfortable. And I want to invite you to drop into your heart. And the easiest way to do that is to think of someone or something that you love and send love out to them. And that gets your, your heart open and doing what it does. And in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to open your eyes again. And this time, I want you to look through the eyes of your heart. So go ahead and open your eyes, look around the room again. And this time, imagine looking through the eyes of your heart. So looking through the eyes of compassion or looking through the eyes of love, if you dare. Looking through the eyes, nobody's looking around. It's more vulnerable, isn't it? There you go. And just see, does it feel different when you look through the eyes of your heart? And how is it different? Okay, and then with a show of hands, just tell me, did you feel something different if you did it the second time? We have some hands, we have hands, great. Thank you for giving that a try. That is one of a few exercises, so bear with me. So here's the thing, every one of us in this room is a leader. You might know yourself as a leader at home or at work, and you're leading a life. And so your choices and your decisions have an impact. Everything that you say and you do and you think has an impact. It has an impact on you first, then it has an impact on those closest to you, your friends and your family, your colleagues, and it has an impact on the wider world. So imagine how it would feel to be open and curious and compassionate as a leader instead of closed and fearful and afraid, which is often the case in our world. And the good news is you have a choice. You can gain self-mastery. Now, about five years after my Tai Chi experience, I randomly came across a book on Nishiren Shoshu Buddhism. I'd never heard of it before. I didn't know what it was, but I felt compelled to read this book. And I took it home. I'd found it at work. And reading through it, they were talking about chanting as a path to knowing yourself better or as a path to the divine. And chanting didn't really resonate for me. It wasn't something I felt I wanted to do, but I recognized the experience they were talking about. I had felt when I was on the dance floor, when I was in my element on the dance floor, and I knew they were onto something. 
And then not, quick, not long after that, I got given a book called Body Mind. And it talked about the connection between the body and the mind and how there's wisdom in the body if you learn how to access it. And I was fascinated. Over the next 25 years, I learned everything I could about how the body works and how the mind works, how they work together, energy, consciousness. And for the last 12 years, I've worked as a tantra teacher, so exploring connection and intimacy and relationships with each other and the world. And here's what I've noticed. Everyone is looking for meaning and purpose. We all want to feel like we're having a positive impact in the world. Even in this changing world with the internet and everything, as consumers, we want to know what causes our businesses supporting before we give them our money. It's a very different world. So how do we be good leaders during these changing times? I think that's through heart-led leadership or conscious leadership. And you can learn it. Just like martial arts, there are practices that you can cultivate and learn. You can become a master of heart-led leadership. And in a moment, I'm going to share this with you. First, I want to say a little bit more about heart-led leadership. I, I get asked sometimes, do you learn how to be a heart-led leader and then you're always in your heart and you always come from that place? No. It's like, just like you're not always doing your best at martial arts. You're not always throwing the right kick or punch. It is a practice. It is an ongoing practice. But I'm going to break it down a little bit for you just to illustrate it a bit. This is a very simplified version. In any moment, you're either coming from ego or heart. The ego, just in this day right now, is like a collection of habits and patterns and fears and conditioning that you wake up with in the morning. It's like a computer program that gets switched on. It's all based on the past. These are survival strategies that you gain. When X happens, you do Y and you survive, so you, you're taught to do that over and over again. But that doesn't allow you to grow or evolve. There's not much movement in that. So that's the past. Or you can come from the heart, and the heart is always in the present moment. When I speak of the heart, I don't just mean your physical heart. I mean the heart energy system, which is its own transmitter. It's like the seat of deep wisdom and infinite intelligence that you can tap into and access. And that is in the present moment. And in the present moment, you have access to everything, to unlimited possibilities and abundance. It's not that you learn how to get over here on this side in your heart and you're present all the time. You can get more and more present, but it's that you learn to notice when you're over here and you have strategies to get back over here. You have a choice. So what I'd like to do with the time that we have left is share with you three practices for cultivating heart-led leadership. It does require you to do a little bit of experimenting, but you're just gonna do it with yourself apart from the last one. So are you up for giving it a go? Sort of, okay, yeah. you are, yeah. great. Okay, so the first one is to practice being present. And the quickest, easiest way to be present is to focus on your breath. I know some of the other speakers have spoken about breath. So, just close your eyes, relax your body, and notice that you're breathing. You don't have to do any fancy breathing. You don't have to take long, slow, deep breaths. That's another thing. Just become aware of your in-breath and your out-breath. Your in-breath and your out-breath. Your breath can only ever be in the present moment. It can't be in the past 
We hope it will be in the future, but when the future gets here, it's now. So, you can open your eyes now. Did you get a sense of how things shift? There's like a shift of energy in the room, and you're more present. And the more you do that, A, the more practice you get at coming into the present moment. Also, it heightens your other senses. So that's one to practice. It's one of my favorites. The second one I want to give you is to practice empathy. So I said before that empathy is when you can step into someone else's shoes and see the world through their eyes. So again, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. This is a little bit of a guided meditation. I want you to think of someone that you maybe need to have a conversation with, you have a tricky situation with, something uncomfortable going on. And bring them to mind. Bring them so that they are standing in front of you, but with their back to you. And I want you to imagine that you can step into their body and into their energy system. And take a moment to see what does it feel like to be them in the world. If you were to move around as them in the world, what would you see? If you were looking through the eyes of their particular conditioning and fear and all the things that had happened to them, how do they see the world? How does it feel to be in their body with the things that have happened to their body? Maybe that you don't even know about. And then just for a moment, look at the situation with you. How are they viewing that situation? What is their point of view? What is their perspective? And then take a deep breath and relax your body on the exhale. Slowly but surely, step back out. Come back into your own body. You can have a little bit of a wiggle if you need to. Send them some gratitude because you have just been in their energy. Okay, come back into your own body, open your eyes, have a little shake off. And again, with a show of hands, tell me, did you get a sense of that? I've had some people tell me, oh great, most everyone, that's wonderful, thank you. Yay, you can tell me about that later. The last one I wanna share with you is a practice of gratitude. Now, I used to get a lot of people roll their eyes at me when I talked about gratitude. Fortunately for me, science has now studied gratitude and they have proven that a regular practice of gratitude actually changes the physiology of your body and raises your vibration, which then, because you're a transmitter, brings different experiences into your life, which is very exciting, isn't it? It's what we've been talking about all morning. So, there's lots of ways to practice gratitude. I'm going to share two or three with you that are my favorite. The first one I call a gratitude rope ladder. And that is for the days that you're absolutely on your knees, everything is bad, you feel broken, and we've all had those days. So I always think we need an emergency gratitude practice, and this is it. So imagine you're down in a hole and you need to get out of that hole. You need a rope ladder, right? So all you have to do is get on the first rung of the ladder because that's gonna give you a little bit of a lift to get up the other rungs. And what I always say is if you can remember to do the gratitude rope ladder, that's your first gratitude. I'm grateful I remembered to do the gratitude rope ladder. Yay, I'm on the first rung. And then the next one might be, well, if I've remembered to do that, it must be breathing. So I'm grateful I'm breathing. And from there, you can think of some others. I always encourage you to go small. It's always great to say, oh, I'm grateful for this amazing day and I'm so this and I'm so that or the world is this. Those are great, but they're not useful when you're in the hole. You know, you need the small one. So I'm breathing. I've remembered my name. I have something to eat in the fridge. Whatever it is, the small things. And sooner or later, you're going to get to a place where you're like, actually, I feel all right. 
Now I can get on with my day. Now I can do, go do those other practices. Does that make sense? Great. Okay. So the next one I want to teach you is called gratitude tennis because they all have to have funny names, right? That's how you remember them. So gratitude tennis, you play with someone else and you can play it with a child. You can play it with a work colleague. I've had someone tell me they played it at a board meeting and it changed the nature of what they were going to talk about, which is wonderful. And you do it like this. You sit with a person, you allow some gratitude feelings to rise up as best you can. And then you say to that person, today, I'm grateful that it was snowing. Or today, I'm grateful that I had a warm breakfast or whatever pops up. So I'm going to get you to practice that today, if you will. So all you have to do is think of something that you're grateful for. And it could be anything, anything easy. Did you have a nice breakfast? Did you get here safely? Are you breathing? Are you warm? Anything. And then turn to the person next to you. Yeah, you're going to talk to each other. <laughs> And then one person start, and all you have to say is either today I'm grateful for or that, or in this moment I'm grateful for. And let it land, just give it a few seconds for it to land. Your partner doesn't respond. They're not going to say, oh yeah, me too, that time when. It's not conversation. You're just going to each say a thing that you're grateful for, and you're going to each witness and allow it to land in you. Does that make sense? Okay, go. and make sure the other person gets an opportunity to say theirs. And then when you're done, you can come back into silence. Okay. How did that feel? Did it feel all right? You felt something? Usually I like to get people to do quite a lot of them, but we won't do that today. The last thing I want to share with you about gratitude I think is really important. There's some days where we just don't even have enough gratitude to get on the gratitude rope ladder. So what I recommend is that you make a list of things you're grateful for, at least a dozen of them, on your phone, on your laptop, on post-it notes, keep them in the car, keep them in the bathroom, anywhere that you go regularly in your pockets. And then on days that you don't have any, you can recycle them because you can be grateful for the same things over and over and over again. You don't have to come up with new ones every time. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. It works every time. All that is left for me to say is today I am grateful to share in self-mastery with you. Thank you very much. If you took some value out of this podcast, then please like and subscribe to our channel. If you feel this podcast will help a loved one, then please kindly spread this wisdom by sharing this podcast link with them. For more information and learning materials on how to cultivate self-mastery towards your self-realization inspired by martial arts and philosophy, please go to www.martialmindpower.com. See you in the next podcast.